Hi, this is the Life and Soul podcast by me, Emma Forbes. This year has really been a year. Amidst the madness, we've all had a time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. I want to find out from some brilliant people what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. I find out whether priorities have changed, whether they've stopped striving to do everything right here, right now. So join me for this episode of the Life and Soul podcast. Today I'm joined by a lady, she needs no introduction, she's literally one of my favourite actresses ever, Dame Julie Walters. I'm so thrilled to chat to you this morning. In our very strange time of Zoom and Covid and sitting in rooms and not face to face. How weird is it? It's weird. It is weird, but I wanted to start before we chat about other things, because actually in, in, in all the sort of recent publicity, you've sort of quite liked lockdown. I know you live on an organic farm and you've quite enjoyed the lockdown thing. Well, sort of guiltily, yes, in a way. Yeah. But I was ill in 2018. I know you were, yeah. And so I, I didn't want to work, didn't want to do anything. And this has just been like a continuation of that, really. Your cancer, which I know you don't mind talking about, but you, was, you yeah. were diagnosed with stage three cancer in 2018. So yeah. sort of, just sort of pre this whole COVID thing, you actually had to take a break anyway. Yes, and it just, it changed. I mean, I think if you get something like cancer, you do, something has to change, basically, in your life. But it was acting. I remember the oncologist said to me, what do you think caused it? What do you think caused it? And I said, acting was the first thing that came into my head. I mean, I don't think, you know, it was completely (laughs) acting. Literally, yeah. But it it was, I I approach acting in a very stressful way, I realised. And what, what I felt when I got the diagnosis you know yes okay it was a bit scary obviously but also it made my shoulders drop in a weird way because I thought oh god I can get off this bandwagon I can get off this treadmill and not you know I've put myself on no one else it is is a treadmill it is a stressful process I mean I come from a family I know about that whole sort of peaks and troughs and highs and lows and Mm. it's all in or it's all out so I I sort of, I got that, I read that, and I thought, no, I can imagine you had to, but you were filming, you were filming the new film, Secret Garden at the time. So that yes. must have been quite hard to, well, I know they had to use your body double for a bit when you then took time off, but did you continue yeah. for a period of time? I just had to go back. They cut me from scenes. They either did that or they put the the, the double in who was brilliant, actually, and I defy anyone to know which scenes they are, where she stood back, basically, or right. it's just her, my character from the back or, or whatever. But I just had to go back for one day about a month later and, oh, God, it was awful. Boiling hot in that woolen suit, yeah, period suit and a wig and everything, and it was 90 degrees. I remember thinking, get me out of here. And did anybody know at that point, or had you just... Had you kept uh, from everybody on the set or? Well, the, obviously the producer and the director yeah. knew and Colin knew, Colin Firth. I don't know whether Dixie knew who plays Mary in it, the little girl. She, she was wonderful. Um, but my agent said, I said, I don't care if people know. I think people should know. And he said, well, it's not going to come from me. We're not going to say that. I said, OK, well, you say what you need to say. And also, I wasn't prepared to talk about it at the time. And I knew that people would want to be ringing and saying, oh, God, I've heard you. So we, he put out a story that I had a, some kind of hernia operation. And in fact, that's what they thought it was when I went to the doctor. They thought it might be a hernia. So he put that out. And then as time went by, 
a journalist friend, Victoria Derbyshire, said to me, ever you talk about it, will you talk about it to me first? Typical yes, journalist. she had cancer herself, so she... So yes, yeah. exactly, and I knew she'd be really understanding, and I knew it would be a serious but a good interview. So I just said to her, yeah, I, I eventually, after about, I can't remember how long it was, it must have been about eight or nine months later, I said... All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it because I knew Secret Garden publicity was coming out. And I, said, I can't do it because they all want to know about your life. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, said, I can't do it unless it's and I don't want to break it to somebody that I've just suddenly got an interview with. So I did it before I had to do the publicity so that everybody knew. Secret Garden is quite it was sort of quite, you know, there's a bit, few maudlin scenes in that anyway. It's quite, you know, there's cholera, there's illness in that whole movie. Yes. Yeah. It must have been quite a challenging time. But I guess, you know, going back to you saying that acting is stressful, I, I've also read, and, and it would be remiss of me not to say that you've said that you're not going to go back. You're not going to go back to it, which obviously would be a tragedy for everybody. But I would sort of get it because anybody, tragically, I know people that have had cancer or dealing with cancer. And it is a life-changing moment where, you know, I know that you've had the all clear and that's just fantastic news, but I guess it is a defining moment, a bit like this COVID thing. It's made everybody kind of go, okay, yeah, I like what I'm doing. Am I in the right place? Is this what really fulfills me? Because we've had the sort of time to think about yeah. it. Having time off from acting because you had to, you, mm. you had the time to go, okay, does this really make me happy? Yes, I know. Yeah, you've suddenly got space to look at your life. You've suddenly got space to stop and think about everything. And I, it's not that I've, I, I'd never say, no, I'm not acting again. I'd never say that, but because I never yeah. say never about almost anything. And definitely not um, Mamma Mia 3, because we definitely need you to be in that if that happens. Well, do you know if that came up? It would be very hard to say. I mean, no. because that incorporates everything you'd need. It would be a holiday in the sunshine. Yes. Singing and dancing with beautiful actors like Colin Firth and Pierce Brosnan. And frankly, you just, I, would, I wouldn't let you turn that down. You'd have to say it. <laughs> I think it would be very hard to. That's if they want me. They might not have the oldies in it, who's to say. But anyway, I know there are various things that, are, that will be coming up. And I think, oh, God, they're going to come and ask me about this. It's, it's not that I don't want to do things. It's that, I, do I really have that energy? Because I knew yeah. I used a kind of manic energy to do everything. And now I've sort of really slowed down, you know. And, and, and so I, I just don't know. I can only say when the thing comes oh, that's up. Really. I think that's as good as it gets, really, is just go with the flow. So tell me, are you very involved in your organic farming? I'm, I'm dying to know if there's a lot of, you know, if in the background you've been growing vegetables and doing oh, oh, my vegetables have been a cute, not with the actual, the farm's too big, really, for me now to be involved. I, I'm, Grant and I talk about nothing else but the farm, <laughs> right. and everything about it. So I don't really, but but often when we're talking about decisions, we, we discuss them together, decisions about the farm. But otherwise, I what do I do on the farm? <laughs> I, um, I, nothing. My big thing is walking. And during COVID, of course, lockdown, it was perfect. So I could just walk around the fields on the farm. I'd never see anybody, you know. No. But um, I do grow a few vegetables. They've been very sad this year. I've got a load of celery that really, we haven't even got pigs anymore. So I can't feed it to the, I don't know what to do with it. Stacks of it. I think everybody got into that in COVID. I went and bought all these seeds. I thought, I'm going to start planting stuff. You know, I'm going to yeah. plant my own. And then I brought it back and my husband turned around and said, you realize you bought everything out of season. So I said, <laughs> and he was like, none of that's gonna grow now. You know, no. I was 
sort of more instant planting that I, you know, two yes. days later, a great lettuce would appear and I'd be like, I grew this, but that doesn't really, it's a little more complicated than that, I feel. Oh, I know it is. Yes. And yes, yeah, so it was all a bit, yeah, loads of tomatoes, but they were all cherry tomatoes. I didn't realise that. You can't do much with them. You can't freeze them. They're lovely, but so a lot of those have rotted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of massive marrows that should have been courgettes. <laughs> about six of them they are they, they could win an award they're so massive and so you know it's been a bit like that so I haven't done a lot but what have I done nothing as you say I think that's great and I think that the secret garden is such a lovely is such a lovely one to have done just before all of this because it's yes. such a magical book I know growing up it was literally one of my favorite all yeah time. I think with that cast it can't fail to be magical it's a gorgeous story isn't it and it's, the girl, little girl is just amazing in it that's not her first thing she's done is it got to be her first big thing big I'd thing yeah I was reading about you and I was thinking because obviously you know we were also um applauding all the carers and frontline workers but you originally you were you were a nurse you were a nurse <laughs> in is that right for about two minutes yes I was yeah I was nurse Julie Yes, Nurse, Ju Nurse Walters. It's a very <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, 1968-69. Okay. So that's, that's how far ago. So maybe so, slightly different skills and, and medicine around. Oh, yeah, a lot of them are, are like junior doctors now. A lot yeah. of the nurses and more. Yeah, you know, they, they, have, they do a lot more than we were allowed to do. Thank God in my case. <laughs> but anyway, it, but yes, I, I, I did it and in some ways enjoyed it. But it was, I was sort of forced into it, not forced into it because my mother wanted me to do it more than anything and I've been lasting in school you wanted you know people wanted their kids to be a nurse yes good thought of profession were your parents very into you being an actor or was that sort of deemed as no. my dad would have loved it but he died when I was 21 but he would have loved the whole thing and my mum was very worried about it she only calmed down slightly when I got a pension <laughs> um, and so she yeah, but when she died, I found loads of cuttings, which I found really touching. She'd never, she'd never say, oh, yeah, you know. But, I, but so she was proud of me, She's I know. Proud. I think that's also quite a generational thing, because I think my dad's parents did a similar thing, because my mother's parents weren't alive when she was, you know, doing that. But I know that my dad's dad kept every little scrap in scrapbooks. Oh. And I sort of love that. Scrapbooks are such a great thing. We, they should bring those back, those wonderful sort of like... I don't know, there's lovely big books with like blotting paper pages that you stuff. Yes, I know people don't, they don't have photograph albums anymore, really, do they? Not, no. Not in the same way. It's all high tech, like this interview. Or maybe yes, more. I know. How, you're in New York, aren't you? I'm in New York. So I moved okay. here about three years ago. So I, um, yeah, just How at that, that time of, of the American dream. So I've got, you know, Trump as president, COVID, yeah. <laughs> I've moved I've moved here yeah. at a perfect time in life. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Oh, God. What's, how, what's New York like at the moment? Is there lockdown or anything? You know, it's really sad. And, and it's, it's actually, I think at the moment, New York is doing better than London. But I, I feel right. so sad about the creative. Well, I feel sad about every industry, but I feel so sad about the creative industry because... Yeah you know, New York and Broadway was vibrant and, and happening and all those things we took yeah. for granted. And I, and I don't know how you feel. I'm sure you feel the same, you know, seeing all the, the, the publicity on the fact that, you know, going to the cinema was something that we did without really thinking. It wasn't even yeah. necessarily a treat. We all did it. And somebody yeah. 
something up on social media the other day saying, I will never take for granted again, sitting in a cinema with my pocket of popcorn and a Diet Coke seeing a movie. It's the same for lots of things, isn't it? We took such a lot of things for granted. Yes. Just being able to walk into shops and feel okay about it. And then, oh, the death of the high street, really. It's very different. And one thing, you know, I, I guess all those things that, you know, we've, we've really taken for granted in our life. One of the many things as well is all those sort of, I don't know, sort of self-care things. I don't know how into that you were, but like massages or beauty treatments. Or oh, yeah. Anything yeah. like that. Hairdressing. Yeah, um, going to that. Yeah, I know. I mean, you I... look amazing, I have to say, in lockdown. And I've always admired the fact that you're very outspoken and that you don't ever want to go down the route that I that you know I'm a real advocate for the Botox the facelifts everything like that and you epitomize somebody that's just aging gracefully you look oh amazing. you're very no you do you're glowing with you're glowing with lockdown you're glowing with post treatment care you really are you look amazing do you still feel like that I mean I'm very glad I don't do Botox because how would we have ever done that in lockdown I don't know how that would have happened no. what is happening to all those people now they're suddenly all frowning or collapsing well apparently i heard which was obviously a vicious rumor out here in in america that people were sort of going around in hazmat suits and sort of delivering it sort of on site in the garden to people how desperate is that <laughs> oh no i just feel it's kind of like saying to yourself you are not good enough and yeah. i just think you know there's enough in life that tells you that without actually imposing that we grow older every second. I mean, you can't do anything about Well, it's the that. one thing we can't do anything about. Since you had your, your cancer and, and the treatment, have you taken your health differently? Do you do different things? Do you have a different regime? Yes. Uh, uh, well, yes. I, I went to see a functional medicine doctor. They're into preventative medicine. And uh, so I went to see him afterwards. And they do loads of tests, every sort of genetic tests, blood tests, urine tests, and test everything and they see what is what doesn't function terribly well in your body what you're lacking and I was catastrophically low in vitamin d as it was yeah. summertime you know you'd think but I was very low catastrophically low in iodine and various things and low in other things and he just got got supplements and things that I needed to take and told me what I should be eating and it turned out that grain is, was really not good for me. Mike said, your body really doesn't like it. It's a very hard thing to come off. It's all right to go gluten-free, that's easy. But yeah. to come off grain, it means carbs. You know, rice, carbs are just... So So I have to admit, I've just had some grain. <laughs> it's so difficult. I think it's funny you should say that because I, you know, sort of nutrition is like a passionate sideline of mine. And I talk, you know, and I interview people about it and grain comes up a lot when it's... Yeah. Like, health it's not as good for us as we think but you're no. so I'm not meant to eat that much grain. the minute you take it out you're like what can I eat all I want yeah. to eat particularly if you're not well you want a big bowl of rice or something yeah. you want yes. it's a carb thing I know the car it's the carb thing and he said also you, you your body not everybody's but your body could live without carbs I thought no I can't too addicted to them I couldn't possibly live without them and he said well, you, you just just have a small amount and I thought it's not possible for me to have a small amount. Once I start, it has to go on for quite a while. You know? <laughs> so 
so grain was different and, the, and, and he said dairy he said you're not you're not actually I wasn't um, uh, lactose intolerant no. I wasn't that he said but you don't digest and I can't remember which bit of it of, of milk he said you don't digest it very well so that's going to stick your gut up and, and you do not need having had cancer of the colon the bowel you do not need a sticky substance like milk going through it so that's a difficult one but that's not as hard as grain and sugar it goes that saying that sugar and you know red i mean it's it's sort of how we should all be you know it's the diet that's the common thread really through any preventative medicine particularly linked Mm. to cancers and things is to have fine sugar-free yeah lactose-free diet and and it's quite a commitment to do it um, yes oh it, it is it is a commitment and hard and so at first it was great when I was on the chemotherapy it was easy because I had no appetite I thought that is simple and he said my god or the doctor at the at the hospital where I was having the chemo said yeah. god what are you eating he said your counts are fantastic I thought god this is this diet this doctor's put me on he said yeah. I, uh, with chemo he said that is amazing I thought you were eating loads of steak I said no I'm not eating any red meat at all he couldn't believe it. So I knew that it was doing, doing the yeah. minute I came off it. Then there's a period of the, tr- you start to process the trauma. You don't at the time. You sort of go through, oh, got to have it out. I've got to get better, got to mend, got to do yeah. this. Didn't you find that you were probably more worried about Grant and your daughter, like everybody yeah. else's reaction to it? You almost yes. have to. It's, it's much worse. We're so yeah. worrying about that. Because I mean, you're, I, in the, you're in the process. You're, as you say, you're yes. busy. The schedule is busy. You've got an operation. You've got recovery. You've got chemo. You've got, you've yes. got like a plan. They're watching. And they're and watching not, to... and, and imagining as well. And yeah. yeah, and Grant, I mean, I said to Grant, I'd be far more worried. And it's absolutely true. I would have been more devastatingly worried if it had been him. Yeah. But not, I wasn't for myself. Recently, he had a, a hernia done. And I was, I was, pr- I'm, I was praying. I'm sorry, but I said, a pr- I thought, please don't take him away from me. You know, please make me sort of having a hernia, which is really routine. But oh, nevertheless, I'm- oh God, what was I? I suddenly thought, I'm always bitching. I suddenly thought, though, what would happen if he was here? How awful. I, I, I totally get you because actually, you and I have been married for exactly, I've been married for 33 years as well. So oh, we've been married right. for the same amount of time. And actually, my husband had to have a hernia the year before last, and he's my complete rock. And I yes. was the same. I was sobbing so much. It was just the year yes. we moved to America as well, and I was sobbing so much. And the oh, nurse was like, what operation is he having? And I said, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's going to be okay. <laughs> you don't know that. I know. I mean, it's so, I mean, when I was a nurse in 1968, 69, hernias were like routine then. And they tell me <laughs> a load of hernias this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you're right. You're, you're, when, you, when it's you that's ill, you're in, in that process. And, and, and then when you got the all clear, was there a sort of, that the euphoria must be enormous. Yes, no, that, that was really good. But that was, I think that's sort of been rep- slightly taken wrongly. What I, what you have is every six months you have a test, you have a, yes. so it's one of those. I mean, really, you're not in the all clear for five, it's five years, five years. Yeah. before you're in. So, so every six months, first of all, you have a colonoscopy, which I would not oh, recommend. I, trust me, Julia, I've had those. Those are oh. one of the most glamorous things you could ever have, aren't they? That's right. And then they're just... Yes, awful. Anyway, and well, everybody said... Actually, let's not be... 
is the prep day that's <gasps> almost worse oh, than that thing. When they first give you that drink for those lovely yeah. listeners perhaps haven't had this joy yet, give you that drink of something disgusting oh. and they go, it'll work within an hour. And Graham and I decided to do them together one day. That was a romantic and and he never had one and he said oh I'm still going to do meetings I said I don't think you can still do meetings with that anyway we both had there's that one little gap of like an hour and a half where you think that hasn't worked I feel that's right nothing and you think perhaps I will go out and get a coffee (laughs) and suddenly you're like oh oh my god yeah no that's right it was hours the first time I thought (laughs) Absolutely nothing happening. I don't. It's only that a friend of mine had said, "You might think nothing's happening. Stay by the toilet," <laughs> and gave me lots of tips. Get Vaseline. I said, "Oh, really?" Anyway, oh my God, it's. I not know. It's. I, I. I. I feel you. It's. It's just not. It's just a sort of extraordinary thing to go through, really. It is. When you're, and particularly when you're sort of known when 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 people are sort of probably chatting to you while they're doing it oh julie how you know when does the secret garden come? yeah <laughs> yes i know please and they're looking up your bottom no i'm so <laughs> just awful but but actually just i don't want to put people off because you know it's not a dreadful yeah yeah you, they are absolutely necessary and it, it was only before the the operation when they were they were they were looking they said it looks on the CT scan like cancer, but we, we're going to do a colonoscopy. So I thought, well, then it is cancer. I, I didn't, so I wasn't shocked after it. But yeah. oh my god, everybody said to me, "It's so fine. It's it's totally look. It doesn't hurt. It's really fine. It hurts if you've got cancer, because oh god, they couldn't get round very well. Oh, the pain. I thought they perforated my bowel. It was so painful for about yeah. twenty four hours. But then you know, they, that was the way it was. It, there were two big tumours in there, so. It's so funny, but you didn't really have any symptoms, did you, really? No, because I didn't have the bowel cancer that's at the, that by your bottom end. I had, it was up at the other end where your appendix is, right. you know, n- near the small intestine. It was at the top. It was just a, just a little bit of discomfort. And I'd always had digestive things, so I never took any notice of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then it was only Grant that said, what are you doing? One morning he brought me a cup of tea up in bed, and I was holding my fat up, for want of a better word. And he said... You must get that checked. You must really get it checked. So, them. so yeah. that's how it, it happened. Yeah. I feel yeah. like this sort of past, I don't know, two years has, has been such a. It's just been such an extraordinary three sixty in life, and it doesn't seem to end. I feel like every time I think, I sort of wake up trying to go, "Well, today's a better day, and this will happen." Something else happens. It's a very weird. It's just yeah. a time to live in. I feel. Yeah, you, it is. Feel like that? I feel like it's a I very. Do. It's just an odd time to be alive in. And for all, yeah. ages, you know, for, for I feel sorry for university students. I feel yes, and school children. their kids. I feel so desperate for the creative industry and small businesses and restaurants. And you're like, we've got to really pull ourselves somehow through. Yeah. Do you think yeah. the, I mean, do you feel that the theatre industry and the cinema industry will eventually come back in a different way? I think human beings... And especially the creative industries are, are hugely resourceful and innovative. And I think it will, whether it will ever be the same, I doubt, actually. But I think it will come back in a different way. I do. Yes. Yeah. I've got huge faith in, in mankind in that way. Well, I feel yeah. like everybody I've spoken to in that industry is really trying to think of 
of ways to do it. And there were the most amazing things in lockdown. I don't know if you saw people singing opera in all the little boxes. Oh, on yes. The- I, I sobbed. These, these things, were, there was one at the Paris, um, the National Ballet or whatever it was in Paris, did this extraordinary oh, yes. visual thing. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever yes. seen. It was so creative. I was sort of blown away that people thought to do that. More importantly, could do it technically. I thought it was genius. Yes, yeah, no, I saw, I oh, know, absolutely. Yes, it is very moving, isn't it, when you see people do that against yeah, the odds. Doing that. So if there was, you know, we've talked about things like, you know, the fact that you, when you're acting, for you, it was quite a sort of full-on stressful, I'm in it, I've got to do it type yeah. of thing. If it was a, a role to come back and you thought, well, there's one thing I would have loved to have done. Would it be theatre? Would it be film? Would it be TV? Or, or would it just depend on the role? I think it would depend on the role. I mean, theatre is always more exciting somehow. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I love the rehearsal room and, and all of that. And, but I love all of it. But, but I don't know. I, God knows, really. But I, <laughs> yeah. it, it would definitely be the role and who's, who's directing it and who's in it. The people as well are very important. And, and the script, all of it would have to yeah. add up, I think, in order to get me out of the house. Yes. Yeah. Well, I did find out a friend of mine's son is actually working at Pinewood Studios, which also thrilled me because I thought, oh, there's something being made at Pinewood yes. Studios. Yes, there are things, yeah. And and he's got a job. He's he's in charge of health and safety. So he's taking everybody's temperatures of all the actors and everything as, as they go in. So there's obviously things happening in a somewhat different way, but at least it's happening. And for him, it's like a lovely, he, he's loving it because he's getting to be on set. Yes. Taking people's thermometer temperatures on their foreheads and reminding them to wear a mask but like he's there and part of it which I think is so great yes and loving it yeah oh no I've heard of lots of things being made in a very strange way often yeah but yeah I'd like to ask you a few little just these little quick fire questions and you can just say whatever comes to mind okay I wanted to ask you what gives you life Julie my family what feeds your soul my family and yeah. the countryside. Do you have anything that you sort of balance your mind with on a day-to-day basis or a, anything like that? I do a bit of meditation. Yeah. I like to do that just to end, because I've got a very busy head. Yes. Um, so I do that. And mainly walking out in the, we've got a lot of ancient woodland around here, walking through the woods. And I, I hate to say it, but I am a tree hugger. How fabulous. I was hoping yeah. you could that's (laughs) (laughs) no but I think it's so great I have to say I was never that person but actually I think in COVID I've become a real nature lover there's a lot to be said for tree hugging oh yes a big oak fabulous (laughs) Julie you've been such a joy to chat to today I can't thank you I'm so thrilled that you're you're better and you're I know you're having the six monthly checks but but it's you're, you're the good side of cancer now, which is... Oh, I hope so. Touching wood. Thank I you. You'll be such an inspiring voice for others because I, I, I personally, reading about your journey with it, I felt you were so brave and, and, and spoke about it so well and so beautifully. And I know having collaborated with Victoria Woods it, and, and seen her too, it was, mm. it, it's, an odd, it's an odd thing. And, and I think you've done yeah. so well really oh well that's really kind of you thank you you really have and I'm so excited for mum of mere three I'm just manifesting I'm putting it out there because I want you to be in it so (laughs) future planning 
I'm very excited for Mamma Mia 3. That would make, because that's been one of my go-to joy films, let me tell you, during COVID. On a low day, escapism oh. is everything. And Mamma yeah. Mia is, is a good one to sing along to, let me tell you. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. That's great. No, well, thank you so much. And, and hopefully I will chat to you again. I might even see you in person and not in Zoom, which would be a yes. joy. Oh, how lovely. Thank you. I hope so. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review and you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.